0: Well, today I want to uh I want to preach a message and uh, that I've in, we've entitled or I've entitled it. Uh I, I struggled with this. I even asked Miss Sarah the other day. I said uh uh what 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 what's it? I need a good title. I need something and I've already changed the title of this message like four times. Okay, but I I, I think I finally honed in on one and uh so I ask you to follow with me. It's going to be a little bit, uh, out of my ordinary in the delivery because, uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, I'm just going to tell you what I'm going to do. Now, we're, it's, it's 11.15. We've got 45 minutes, you know, by tradition, you know, 12 o'clock is, is our ending time. I, I don't, you know, I don't know who ever come up with that idea. You know, of course, you know, the Bible says thou shalt end church at 12 o'clock on Sunday because Thou shalt get to Cracker Barrel before the Baptists do, you know, or something like that. Uh, No, but, uh, and you know, it's like thou shalt have three services a week. Uh, You know, we find all of these things in Scripture, don't we? Yeah, 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 we do. Sarcasm is a gift of mine, you know. Uh, Psalms 107, I want you to go there. But I want you to keep your Bibles, or if you're using your phone... Uh, whatever means that you 're using to retrieve your scripture i want you to keep it turned there we 're going to read this one verse of scripture to begin with and uh that verse is uh the first through the third verses but uh i don 't think to my to my knowledge i don 't think that i 've ever preached from this psalm in twenty Well, no, 20-some, 30-some years. Lord, I'm getting old. Uh, 30-some years of ministry. I don't know that I've ever preached from this psalm, at least not in its entirety. But I think it's very critical, as as, uh, the Lord stirred my heart this week. Uh, I want us to read this psalm. This first three verses is the introduction to it. And as we read these first three verses, we find that the, the psalmist says, Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those He redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those He gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, from the north and from the south. I want you to notice there that He has pulled people, if you would, or gathered people from the four known directions of, of, of humanity, of the world. The north, the south, the east and the west. This year, this year has been a, this past year I should say, has been one for the history books. Since um, us as humanity, we tend to remember the negative things while we forget about the good things. The year 2020 is going to be a year that... Uh, even those in this room or those that are watching that are young among us, we will be talking about a year. We will equate it with pandemic, with sickness, and with many families, even death. Because death has knocked on so many doors. In 10 or 15, 20 years from now, if Jesus tarries His coming, if He tarries His coming, we'll be talking about Over nine months of lockdowns, mask wearing, unemployment, closed businesses. We'll be talking about a pandemonium that spread faster than the pandemic. Because I I preached on that back when this all began. And when they began to talk about two weeks of lockdown. If you remember the message, those of you that were here or maybe watched. I preached the message and that message was a, a word of caution, that do not let the pandemonium exceed the pandemic. And in in spite of the words of caution that myself and probably, I, I know many other leaders and ministers of the gospel brought forth, we found that the pandemi- pan, pandemonium of the pandemic spread. And it's still spreading. And it, and it even seems as though it's increasing around us. Last year, 2020, which just ended less than two weeks ago, it was a year of political and social unrest in the in the USA, in the United States of America, on a scale that none of us have ever experienced, and and, and it's on a scale that is, uh, if you would, record breaking, at least matching the records of uh, probably some of the uh uprisings and some of the unrest of the past when I, I begin to think about even the the origin the revolutionary war and i begin to think about the war of 1812 and and, and i think about the civil war we, we, we are seeing a a season in america that will definitely go down in the history books not only of america but probably the world last weekend as i preached to you i, I stated this that i had my doubts that everything would improve with the flip of the page of a calendar. And I had one of those handy-dandy funeral home calendars here, if you remember. In less than a week, my assumption... Now, I don't call that a prophetic word. It was just an assumption or a statement. In less than a week, my assumption is proven to be correct. Before our eyes, we've witnessed our, our constitutional liberties being challenged. We, we have seen internal uprisings from both sides of the fence, if you would. We, now, we stand in America, we stand as a severed nation. I've thought so much about our pledge of allegiance this week that we pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Are are we meeting the pledge that we have, that we have recited so many years in giving attention and honor to, to, to the the banner, the red, white, and blue flag that represents us as a nation? Not only is the nation severed and divided, but families are severed and divided. Friends are warring against friends. Family members against family members in many cases. Even people of like faith, even in the church, there, there are people that are separated by, by vast chasms of disagreement. And some of those disagreements are worthy, to say the least. You know, the Lord has always permitted us as humanity to make our own decisions. He vol- He's always allowed us to choose. He allowed Adam and Eve to choose. He, he, he allowed Cain and Abel To choose. He allowed Esau and Jacob. He allowed choices. He allowed Noah's family and all those that passed by for 120 years. He allowed them to make a choice. He still allows you and I to make choices today. And, and and in that we find that, that that that's because that he gave us a will. He gave, we, we are different than anything else that God created because He gave us a will. He breathed into us the pneuma, the breath of life. And He gave us the ability to reason. It's been said many, many times over that you and I are free moral agents. And we are. We are. We, we, you're here because you chose to be. I'm here because I chose to be, uh, and, and people are watching. Whatever, whatever, whatever you're doing right now, you're doing it because you chose that. When we read this 107th Psalms, and, and, and I'm going to attempt to cover it nearly in its entirety this morning, and still get you to Cracker Barrel before the Baptists and the Methodists, maybe even the Presbyterian. Who knows? The 107th Psalm points, paints a portrait for us of a quadruple crisis, if you would. Four groups of people that the Lord has redeemed. They came from the north. They came from the south. They came from the east. They come from the west. That that represents humanity In all, in all facets, all walks of life, all colors of skin, all, all social status, if you would, that represents humanity in its entirety. You see, God just didn't come, He just didn't come to save Israel, He came to save the world. He came to His own Israel, but yes, Israel rejected Him. And He turned to a people that we call, or classify as the Gentile people, which is probably the most of us in this room. And we were grafted into the true vine, therefore we are saved. So God came to to he is he is the God just not of the United States and just not of West Virginia or Virginia but he's he's the God of the world in fact he's the God of the universe and he desires to be the God of all humanity and Jesus it was given for the salvation of all of humanity So people gathered God gathered people from the north, the south, the east, and the west. But then what we see happening as we go through this 107th Psalm is God's people begin to wander. They begin to wander. I've named this message The Same Road Home because because this story is not a bleak and not a grim message in its ending. It it is when you sit down and you think about it and you think about the course of of four people groups are gathered and then I want to show you how that these four people groups went in four different directions mean that all have gone astray. All have gone astray. In fact, the Bible clarifies that for us. That all, all men, all men have gone astray. The, the iniquity, the iniquity of sin, the sin iniquity has settled upon all of us. All of us need a savior. All of us need a savior. And all of the world needs a savior. I want you to go with me if you still have your Bibles open. I want you to begin to look with me at the desert people and we're going to find the desert people in verses 4 and 5. These are the people that come from the north, the south, and the east, and the west. But you have a group of people that become the desert people. And then a group of people that become imprisoned people. And then you'll have a group of people that become afflicted people. And then you will have a group of people that will become the seaward people. And as we begin to look in verse number 4 and 5, you find there that some people wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where... Where they would settle. They were hungry and thirsty and all of their lives ebbed away. You see, the desert represents, in, in, in the spiritual sense, it's metaphoric, if you would, of a place of barrenness a barren place a place where there there is no fruit there are no vegetables there are no there are no there are no uh, fields of green grass growing there are there are no lilies in the valley there is nothing there but waste a place of barrenness And I think that even in the day that we're living in right now, even let me say that I can, I know, I can see. God gave me the ability to reason. There, we are living in a day when there are people, a people, and and I'm speaking in particular of this great land that we live in, our nation. We are a nation that has been drawn from the north, the south, the east, and the west. God, God brought us together. This nation was founded on God. This nation was centered on him in fact I, some of you may have, if you follow my social media pages you may have saw where I posted a quote that was, that was given by one of the framers of our constitution John Adams and John Adams said there that, that we, our constitution was framed with a people that, with religious and moral convictions and if people fail to have religious and moral convictions the constitution is actually meaningless to them And we have seen... The people of this great land, in 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 less than two hundred year or less than three hundred years, just a little bit more than two hundred years, we've seen a people that has been some of the most blessed people on the face of the earth. And they, one group, has begun to wander into not just began to wander, but uh, some time ago began to wander into the desert place, a place of barrenness, a place where they lost their direction. They couldn't didn't find their way there when you read this scripture it says they could find their way to no city they lost their bearings they lost where they were going they they really much like The Israelites, as they came out of Egypt, they wandered in the desert. They really, they listen. The Israelites roamed in a circle for for forty years. They walked in a circle. They followed their own footprints. They walked in their own footsteps. They wandered in a circle for forty years on a journey that should have just taken on basically a short period of time. Some anticipate maybe it would have took a few, just a few days. Some even bring it down to a few hours of journey. But they wandered in a circle for 40 years simply because they lost their bearing. It's not their GPS, not their physical bearings, but they lost their bearings on who they were as the children of God. I'm afraid that the United States of America, I'm afraid that even in the church, oftentimes we have lost our bearings. We have lost scope and we have lost sight of who we are following. We are following none other than Jesus Christ. And if we are wandering in any other direction, if we're following any other path, we have found ourselves wandering in desert places. They were in lack of food. They didn't have water. They were wasting away because they had wandered into the desert. The second group of people were those imprisoned people. The prison people we find in verses 10 through 12, and the scripture says, some sat in darkness, some sat in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains, because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So He subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled, and there was no one to help. You see, these people were in a stagnant position. First off, we we can note that because it said some sat in darkness, and, it, and 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 the psalmist even goes beyond that. He said they just didn't sat in darkness; they sat in utter darkness, to the most extreme. Do You realize, right now, there are people there are people that actually once followed the Lord Jesus Christ that now are living in darkness. They 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 have they have they have turned their back to the light and and they 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 walk towards the darkness and they're dwelling in darkness and even as a nation a nation that 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 you see that group two is that imprisoned people they lost their revelation that's what that means they were sitting in darkness because they lost the revelation they no longer see the revelation they didn't realize the revelation if you you think about Peter and uh, and. And Jesus began to quiz Peter. Peter was, he was hard-headed a little bit, you know? And, and, and Jesus began to quiz, he said, but Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter responded, he said, well, you aren't the Christ, you're the Lord, you're the Christ. And, and, and Jesus says, hey, hey Peter, he said, uh, uh, well, at that time he was still calling him Simon. He said, flesh and bone has not revealed this to you. He said, but it's come by the Spirit. And it's the revelation of who I am. You see, it was Peter, it's Peter's revelation that Jesus was the Christ, the Christos, the anointed one, the one that God had sent, his only son, to redeem the world, to redeem the lost, and to save us. And sometimes I have to sit back right now, today, I have to sit back and wonder has has this country has the world but let's bring it down to this country have we lost our revelation have we lost our vision you know in the bible says where there is no vision that means revelation where there is no revelation people perish this this scripture is a foreshadowing of 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 that one where there is no revelation people perish when, When we begin to realize and recognize who Jesus is, we perish. These people became imprisoned. They became full of despiteful rebellion. Hello. Hello. I want you to remember that word. Rebellion. I want you to remember that word this morning, at least till we get to the end of the message. And because of that rebellion, they found themselves bound to unpleasant labor, bitter labor. They stumbled, but listen, there was no one there to help them. There was no one. What a sad situation. What a sad circumstance. Now, now the third group of people that we, we see that came out of the, the ones that, they came from the north, they came from the south, the east from the west, but then they scattered. The third group is the afflicted people we find in verses 17 and 18. Let me tell you something. Uh, one of my favorite TV shows of all time is Sanford and Son. I still like watching Sanford and Son reruns. You know, uh, I, I love. I especially love Aunt Esther. And I used to watch a team. Those that you, those of you that are that are forty-five and older, y'all y'all know what I'm talking about. Used to watch a show called The Eighteen. B.A. Barrackis was on A-Team. Y'all remember, Christine remembers that. She's sitting over our spot. She used to watch it all, A-Team all the time. Oh, yeah. And, and old B.A. Barrackis, he, whenever he walked, he walked up to somebody, whenever he was, you know, speak, you know, he was rough and gruff and had all those gold chains on, and, and he'd walk up, he would say, You fool! You fool! And Aunt Esther, she always, uh, you know, Aunt Esther, if you watch much of Sanford and, Son, she would look at old Fred, and she would say, "You fish-eyed fool!" And you know, I thought it sounded cute, and it's, and, you know, and so I, I, I picked up that word "fool," and I began to use the word "fool" haphazardly. I, I would look at people and say, "You're a fool," you know, you're you just you're just a fool. That's all you are. And I used that word haphazardly until one place. One day, I, I discovered in Scripture that. The Bible says that it's very, very critical when you call a person a fool. In fact, it says to call your brother a fool, you're in danger of hellfire and brimstone. That's pretty serious stuff. That's serious stuff. So, But but then when we read this scripture, verses 17 and 18, some became fools. My point is, this is serious business with God. Some became fools through their rebellious. There's that word again. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered afflictions because of their iniquities. I want you to think about that. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. The devil didn't do it. Their decisions. Now maybe there was underlying satanic influence, of course. But their decisions, their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death, morphed into fools. Now think about what this group of people, what happened. When we begin to think about, they came, they they became fools because of their rebellious ways. Their ways. Their ways. They became fools because of their rebellious ways. And then it says they loathed food. Let me explain to you what that means. It, It doesn't mean that they ran out of food. It doesn't mean that there was a famine. It doesn't mean that all the crops had dried up in the food, in a field. What it meant is even the sight of the food, uh, sight of food was despicable to them. They had no appetite. They had no desire to eat. They were so sick at their stomachs that they couldn't eat because of the situation that they were in. They, they were literally starving themselves to death. The iniquity had gripped them so much that they were dying of their own accord and, and they, maybe they didn't even realize it. I don't know that, but, but they were dying of their own accord. They couldn't eat. It wasn't that they, but they had, what happened is they had become devoured by rebellion. Rebellion was devouring them. So they were so full of disgust. That's what loathing means. They were so full of disgust that they couldn't even eat. Sometimes I look at the world that we live in. And it's not that I'm all good and it's not that I got it all together and I got everything right because I'm like the apostle Paul. The apostle Paul says, I know the things I ought not to do, but I still do them anyway. And I struggle with these things and I wrestle with these things. I, you know, I, I, I can relate to Paul. You know, you know, every, all of us have that struggle between flesh and spirit. All of us deal with that. All of us battle with that. But yeah, I look and I see a world around us that is escalating faster. You know, I, I you know, I'm, Okay, I'm 59 years old. I know I only look 39, but I am 59 years old. And here's the thing. I see this thing escalating at a pace that it has never been before. I see the world becoming more, and not Jesus, but I see the world becoming more and more disgusting in than it's ever been before. I see society changing more and more than it's ever been before. And if we're not careful, we, you know... We will starve to death and not even know it. Did you know that that the Scripture even, uh, you know, it even relates to that. It even speaks about that as the end time comes. That there will be a famine in the land. Not for food, not for water, but for the Word and Spirit of God. Then there's that fourth group of people. Are y'all feeling depressed yet? If you're not, I'm going to help you out just a little bit more. The seaward people, verses 23 through 27. The fourth group of people, they went out on the sea in ships, At verse 23. Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. I want you to gather what this is. This This has a prophetic emphasis to it. Some went out on the sea in ships. The sea has always represented the population in prophecy. They went out on the sea in ships. They were on, they were merchants, merchandise. The wealthy, the powerful, the mighty. They were merchants on the mighty waters in the they they were these people were were in the mightiest way they were in the mightiest way that could be known on the face of the earth they saw the works of the lord his wonderful deeds in the deep for he spoke and he stirred up a tempest that lifted the high waves let me tell you what that says there they saw the mighty works of the lord in the deep now, if, if you ever, if you ever been out on the water much, now, now, you know, Sarah and I, we, we like, we like the cruises and, and it, I love, you get down in the Caribbean and you get down there and, uh, uh, that, that really blue water, some of it's sort of turquoise colored, that you can go out in some of that, some places down there, you can go out in that water and, and, and you can see probably 15, 20 feet to the bottom, clear as a crystal. And that, that's, that's a novelty of sorts, if you would. But did you realize that 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 to get out in the deep of the ocean, even though the the ocean may look blue and and, and it's real pretty, even when you get down into those warm waters of the south, did you know you know do you know really you can't see very far down into that water? And what this scripture is saying, what what is what's he unraveling and describing here is the deep opened up. It uh, actually it was opening up and it began to swallow in. These merchant ships. And it was when they began to get swallowed in that they saw the powerful God. The God of the universe. The God of the world. It's when it's when the works of the Lord and His wonderful deeds, they were seen in the deep. For He spoke and He stirred up a tempest that lifted the high waves. Listen, I don't know how high the waves are. I don't know how deep they went. may have went into the ocean. But God took the people that were exercising power, corrupt power, corrupt authority over the world. And God opened the sea and He revealed Himself to those people. Understand this. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths in their peril. Their carriage melted away. They reeled and they staggered like drunkards. They were at their wit's end in search of success. Let me tell you right now, we see a lot of power being exercised in the world. We see a lot of power being exercised in the United States of America right now. It's not necessarily godly power that I'm talking about either. It's it's not not holy power that I'm talking about. These people believed the Lord, but they failed to give credence to Him. Their courage was no match for the greatness of God. Let me tell you something. There there are powerful people that exist in the world today. There are powerful people that exist in the United States of America today. There are powerful people that exist right here in West Virginia. There are powerful people that, that exist in Virginia. Virginia. They're powerful people that exist right here in Mercer County, but I want you to know, none of them have the power or the authority of God. None of them have the, have have rule over the kingdom. None of them will take authority and exert authority over Him. There is only one God. He will always be God, and He is still in charge of the world that we live in today. So four groups, pulled from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and then they begin to divide again, and they begin to go their way. Each one of them held distinguishable traits that I've already, uh, you know, described to you and painted before you. But they also were similar in many ways. The, the, there, there was. There's two things. There's two similarities. ...or commonalities that I want to show to you with these groups, these four people groups today. The first one I want to show you is every single one of those groups were acting in rebellion. Every single one of those groups were acting in rebellion. You see, rebellion is severe. rebellion Rebellion is very displeasing to God. Can I tell you that this morning? Rebellion was present in each of the four instances. Rebellion is more, is one of the more severe spiritual infractions that can be made against God. In fact, when you read 1 Samuel chapter 15, you read there that rebellion is as the sin of or equivalent to witchcraft. Now, how many of us Listen, God. Forbid, let me just go ahead and say this here. Let me tell you something. If you messing around with tarot cards and Ouija boards and, and and all of that stuff, and you go into palm readers and and you call me old fashioned holiness, if you want to, whatever you want to call me, but if you messing with that stuff, you better stop because I personally have dealt with people that have that have played around with those things, and they become demon possessed. And those things, they are real. They operate under dark influences and demonic influences. If you're messing with them and you in this room, if you messing with them and you watching live on Facebook this morning, or you listening by EV radio, Dungeons and Dragons and all that stuff, let me tell you what. You need to get rid of it. You need to get it out of your house. Don't give it to somebody. Burn it. Do something with it. Destroy it. Get rid of it. Because it can and it will destroy you. The same thing, oh Lord, I don't feel... The same thing with video games. You know, it don't have to be on some little board that you put on your kitchen table anymore. But if you're messing with this stuff, you need to leave it alone. It's a whole different message, okay? You're getting two for a price of one this morning. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. It will deceive you. It will drag you down. And it it will place you under the influence of spirits of darkness. Get rid of it. Mamas and daddies, if your kids are playing with it on their phone... Block it. If they're playing with, if they got, uh, uh, you know, our, our grandkids got a new PlayStation 4, I think, is that what it's called? If they're playing with it, block it, destroy it, do whatever, whatever at the game with the cassette, whatever that comes on, get rid of it, burn it, do something with it, because these are works of darkness. But then, back to reel this back in now, he says rebellion. Is the same as witchcraft. Rebellion is the same as witchcraft. These people were all rebellious. But there's another, there's another trait, if you would, or there's another occurrence that all four of these rebellious people groups had in common. I want you to, in your Bibles, if you have them out there, if you're using your phone, go ahead, you can highlight on your phone too as well. I know that, I'm smart enough to know that. I want you to, Mark, verses 6, verses 13, and verses 19. Because this is how you get the same road home. Because verses 6, verses 13, verse 19, and verse 28, this is the words that all four of those verses, all four of those people groups, all all four that have went, went astray, this is the same road home. This is what is bringing them home. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. And He delivered them from their distress. I want you to know what happened. It's not an option. It's it's the only option. It's not an option. It's the only option. When in Second Chronicles chapter 7 the Lord said, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will hear their land you see it's not a it's not an option it, an option it is the option if we want to see healing in our land if we want to see healing in our communities you want healing in your personal life you want healing in your family you want healing in your church this it's it's the thing of we begin to do like they did they cried out to the lord in their distress and he delivered them from it he delivered them from it God is faithful to deliver deliver it. So what happens then is this. I'll try to be real quick. I thought I was moving along fast and I've already got behind. Group number one. Group number one. That's those desert people. Group number one. Verses seven through nine. He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle see remember they didn't have a way they didn't know how to get to the city he led them by a straight way to the city where they could settle and and and, and there he let, he let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind for he satisfies the thirsty he fills the hungry with good things he took the desert people from a desert into an oasis he put them on a good path they no longer were lost but now they are found they are no longer hungry but now they're filled. Group number two. Group number two. He brought them in verses 14 through 16. He brought them out of darkness. The utter darkness. He broke away their chains. He let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. For He breaks down the gates of bronze and He cuts through the bars of the iron. You see, He took group two that imprisoned people and He set them free. And He brought them into light. And He broke the chains that had them bound up and he the rebellion had to let go. They were set free. They were set free because they cried out to the Lord. Group number 3 they cried out to the Lord as well and in verse 20 through 22 we find that he sent out his word and he healed them. He rescued them from the grave. He let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. Let them sacrifice. Offerings and tell of his wonder, with songs of joy. These afflicted people they couldn't eat. They loathed food, if you remember. But now, as the Lord delivered them, their appetite is returned. They're going to Chick-fil-A on Monday through Saturday. They're going over to the Texas Roadhouse on Saturday evening for a steak. They're going out to Cracker Barrel on Sunday after church. All of a sudden, but no, it's not really the physical food they begin to crave and hunger and desire the things of God. I would that we as a church, I would as the church as a whole, I would West Virginia and the United States of America would once again have a hunger and a thirst after God. And if we will cry out, He will deliver us. And He will not only do that, but He will do it and give us songs of joy, not of lamentation. Do you realize most of the songs we sing are songs of lamentation? Do you realize that? It's, 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 it's down through the church age, you know, the hymns, most of the hymns, many of the hymns were songs of lamentation. Many of the praise songs are songs of lamentation. Anything, a rule of thumb, anything that is written in a minor basically is a lamentation. It's time that we realize that if we will repent and we will turn back to God and allow Him to heal our land and deliver us from our wicked ways, that we don't have to be in lament any longer, but we can sing victory songs, songs of joy, songs of praise, and we can, we can, if you would, we can just party down in Jesus in victory one more time. Group number four, the last one. These were the C-word people. These were the people that looked like they had control of things. They had it all together. They were doing really well. They were out on the sea. They were they were on the sea with merchant ships. They were they were dominant. They were a conglomerate in the world, if you would. They were out there doing well. But God brought up a storm, and the waves reached to the heavens and went to the bottom of the sea. And somehow, in the depths of the sea, God revealed Himself to these people, and He disturbed them, and they they they, they couldn't even stand up because of the presence of God and all of His. holiness. And they too repented because they too cried out to the Lord. And then we find that in verses 29-31 through that the storm stilled to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm. That means it was pretty rough. They were glad when it grew calm. And He guided them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and the wonderful deeds for mankind. You see, these seaward people, they read discovered God's greatness. And when they rediscovered God's greatness, the sea was calmed and they arrived safely to their port. You see, when God when God gets our attention, and I believe with all of my heart, we are in a season of attention getting right now. If you know what I mean. If God hasn't got your attention yet, I don't know what it's going to take. I'll be really honest with you. Pay attention to what is going on. Pay attention to what is happening all around us. Let God grip grip your heart. Let Him have your attention. Cry out to Him like they did in verses 6, 13, and 19, and 28. Cry out to God and let Him deliver you out of your distress. Cry out to God, America, and let Him deliver us out of our distress. Because right now, it seems that the world is running in every direction. Chaos is turn is is occurring on every turn. Let me tell you something. God is not the author of chaos. God came and eliminated, He made something out of chaos. But rest assured that when these these runners, these four groups, they were runners. They were runners. They were fleeing. Rest assured, as they as they were fleeing, as they were running, they found the same road. To bring them home. They found the same road. To bring them home. The same road. You know there's been songs out that's titled that. And different things. And and that expression has been used many, many times. But the same road. The same road. Not the same road that led them away necessarily. But the same road. A common road. Brought every single one of them home. The same road. Brought them home. You know what? God's not going to design a way for you, and then have to say, "Well, they did it this way; you got to do it this way." He's not going to say, "Well, Nathan's going to get home this way, but Elaine's got to get going to get home this way." No, 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 no. There, there, there's one road. There's one way. There's only one road to heaven. There's only one way. That road's named Jesus. And if we're going to get back home, if we're going to get back home, church. We gotta go down Jesus Avenue. If we don't get back home America, we gotta go down Jesus Avenue. If we don't get back home world, we don't have to go down Jesus Avenue. We don't have to call out and we don't have to reach out and we don't have to find that road and we don't have to get on it and head back home. There are a lot of roads that we can take in life, but Jesus is the only road that will lead us home. If it brought people back from the desert, back from the sea, People that were afflicted and people were in prison. It can bring you and I back home. It can bring the United States of America home. But we're gonna have to find that road. We're gonna have to find that road. That road. Here's the directions. Then they cried out to the Lord. I've got, I get aggravated at myself sometimes. I used to take directions and get around so good. I got so dependent upon this thing here. It tells me, I want to tell you sometimes this this, the woman this woman on this thing she will lie to you sometimes so I want you to know that. Especially the Ways Woman. The Ways Woman, if you don't believe the ways woman will lie to you, you get down in the in the middle of Charlotte, right down in downtown Charlotte, North Carolina, and she'll say, Turn right here, and then she'll say, Turn left here, and then she'll say, Oh, you need to make a U turn and she'll have you going berserk before it's all over with. Let me tell you something. This right here, that crazy ways and Google Maps and all that stuff. It, it goes, it, it, you know, it's only as good as the information that's out there, the satellite information that's out there. Sarah and I went, one time we went, I, we went on this banjo buying expedition. I was going to go buy this banjo, and this banjo was in up uh, in far southwest Virginia, in a little town called Nicholsville. So we're on our way to Nicholsville and it tells me to turn down, this, take a right and go down this road. Well, I turn and it's sort of a, sort of a desolate looking place. And that's good it lightly, I guess. Sarah, being the good wife she is, she said, I don't think this is right. Yeah, boy, that's what the GPS said. That's what it's telling me right here. And we just kept driving. And the pavement ended, okay? And after the pavement end ended we went a little bit farther she said I don't think this is right I said well this is what it says it says it's showing me go right over you know it's showing it connecting to this next road and then we went a little bit farther and after the pavement ended then we're on gravel road and then we get down to where there's just two tracks going out through a field and we were down in like a ravine in a bank and we keep driving and we pull right up to the edge of the river and all that was there was the abutment where a bridge once used to be My wife, as usual, was right. So I had to, we had to, I was driving, of course. I We had to back probably a mile and a half because there were no, was no place to turn. So we had to back all the way out of that. You know, it, the GPS, that was back in the days of Magellan. Miss Magellan, she thought she had it all together and she thought she was giving me good advice. But there was things that apparently she didn't know. Let me tell you something. The world will give you a lot of advice. The world will give you a lot of direction. The the, the world, the computer, the Google, uh, whoever, it can tell you a lot of things. But let me tell you something. There is nothing. There is nothing that will replace this. And if you don't take what I'm saying, just take what the Word of God is saying. You cry out to the Lord in your trouble and they will deliver you. He will deliver you out of your distress. That's the answer for America. That's the answer for the church. And it's the answer for you. And what I want you to do right now, I just want you to stand to your feet with me. And I want you to begin to cry out to the Lord for your home, for your family, for yourself, for your nation. I want you to begin to cry out right now, Lord, save us from our distress. Save us from our distress. God, right now, today, we come to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we come to You as a people that are perplexed. We come to You as a people, Lord God. Lord, that we're worried, Lord God. Lord, we're alarmed, God. Lord, we don't know, Lord God, what the future holds. But we know that, Lord, You hold the future. God, we call out to You, Lord. God, may our hearts be broken. May our spirits be humble, Lord. Lord, may we find ourselves in true repentance, Lord God. Turning away from false God. Turning away from idols, Lord. And turning to you. May we find ourselves, Lord God, giving ourselves over to your word. Lord, may we seek your face once again, Lord, as in the days of old. Lord, may we, Lord, call out to you. God, some of us have wondered. (laughs) Lord, we're hungry. Lord, the smell of food, Lord, turns our stomach, God. Lord, we have found ourselves in prison. In change, Lord God. We have found ourselves on the sea, Lord God. We have found ourselves drowning in the ocean, Lord God. God, we cry out, "Save save us, Lord. Save us, Lord. Save us, Lord. Save us, Lord. Save this nation. Save this country, Lord. Save us, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, we need you, Jesus. 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 The heartbeat of my life is to worship you. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. I'm gonna put something really heavy on you right now. I can't assume everybody has conservative political viewpoints. I can't make that assumption because it's not true. But I speak I speak to those that are watching and those that are in this room this morning as followers of Jesus Christ if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've never been saved it's a wonderful opportunity for you to give your heart and life to the Lord this morning and I'm I'm going to veil that to you just momentarily but this is heavy church this is heavy you know our next our next major holiday is the Passover season Easter, We, you know we call our, what we celebrate Easter resurrection you remember as Jesus was carrying the cross and under the weight of the cross the, the fleshly body of Jesus broke down, it went down and there was a man, a dark skinned man that came along and, and that man carried the beam he took it upon his back and he carried the cross y'all remember that story? Well, let me tell you something. It seems to me like in the United States of America, America, not necessarily under the weight of the cross, but America has dropped the cross. Somebody's got to pick it up and carry it. And guess whose job that is. If you listen to reports, they say 9 out of 10 churches, because through, through, the, through the duration of this COVID, they said 9 out of 10 churches are in, at risk. 9 out of 10 churches in America will be at risk of closing by the time we come to the end of the pandemic. Now that's what reports say. I choose to believe the report of the Lord. Okay? But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. The statistics tell us that Christianity is Christianity is becoming a minority religious belief in America. But I saw Jesus do so much with twelve, and I saw so much happen with seventy. They can say we're a minority all we want to, but the church, the church, is always in the majority with the Lord Jesus Christ. So the weight is on our shoulders, church, believers. The weight is on our shoulders to bear, to bear this load. If if we're not praying now, we've got something amiss in our life. Something's wrong. We right now ought to be praying more than we've ever prayed before. Now we've, you know, we've, we prayed for revival. We, we prayed for the revivals where, and our, 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 our mindset of revivals is people running in the back of the pews and swinging from the chandelier revivals. But let me say it, there's a revival that is more critical than any of us running in the back of the pews and shouting our shoe heels off and swinging from the chandeliers. It's a revival of this nation that we live in. And it's up to us to get, as I used to say, to get on our prayer bones. Because I believe it is the prayer of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that will preserve this nation. I believe it is the lack of prayer of the church of Jesus Christ that will see this nation waste away. I believe that with all my heart. So pray. Pray. Seek God, seek His face, not just for your stuff, but for your nation, for your country, because I want to tell you something, we still live in the greatest nation on the face of the earth. And can I say something else? I touched on this a little bit this morning on my drive time video, but I'm going to go ahead and touch on it now. May get in trouble, but if it is, so be it. It's false word, false. Let me tell you something. I realize the pandemic is still going on. I realize a lot of people are still getting sick, okay? I realize that. I recognize that. I'm not asking anybody to jeopardize their health. I'm not asking anybody to, 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 to do something that is silly or, or senseless. But let me tell you something. In the last few days, if you guys have been watching this, right now, right now, we are still broadcasting Facebook Live and they may, you know, they may monitor this and they may take us down. They may take this down, but I'm going to get this in while I can. Back in the 70s, I saw, I saw as a teenager, but I remember it very well. Back in the 70s, I saw the Church of America allow TV preaching to be a substitute for assembling together in the church. Now, is TV preaching wrong? No, it's not wrong. But it should be no substitute for the gathering of the saints. Right now, we're seeing, we're seeing, and, and we're, we're, we're. as far as I know, we're going to continue to do this, you know. As far as I know, we, we've been broadcasting for several years. We've been broadcasting virtually over social media for a number of years now. As churches that never dreamed of doing it before started during COVID. But let me tell you something. In the last few days... You see, all of these entities, all these social media entities are private owned. They can do what they want. If they want to cut us off, we're done. We're through. And I'm saying this, good for the people in this room, but I'm saying this especially for the audience that's watching virtually. Don't ever let the virtual viewing of church replace you going in assembly with the saints. You know what? I told Sarah this morning. I said, you know, if Facebook, YouTube, any of these things, I said, if they, if they shut us down from doing virtual church services, that might not be a bad thing. Now, it's sad for those that are totally incapable of getting out and going to church. Okay. I admit that it is sad for them, but let me tell you something. If it can, You know, if it can get people back to the house of God and enter us back into corporate worship where we can pray together, we can worship together, and we can celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ together, and we can be our brothers and our sisters helping, so be it Lord Jesus. Because it's time, it's time that our churches begin to fill up again. It disturbs me, Lord, I'm gonna get in trouble. Lord, I don't get trouble. Y'all, y'all help me if I get in too much trouble now. But let me tell you something. If you can go to Kroger, and you can go to Roses, and you can go to Big Lots, and you can go to Sam's, and you can go to Home Depot, and you can go to Lowe's, and you can go to Tudor's, and you can go everywhere else, and you don't be all, and you don't be alright. Bless God, why can't you come to church? Amen. We got masks, we got we got hand sanitizer, we roped off pews, we're spacing people out, and I know maybe we're unique voice of praise has got plenty of room you don't even have to get close to somebody and we'll let you escape before we release and you can come in late that's perfectly all right. but bless God you need to be in church somewhere I believe that and I say that with all love all love and all respect to you, your health and everything else you do what's right for you but don't make an excuse A number of years ago, I was in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and you know they have those shops where they do things with routers and stuff, and they make wooden plaques. And I I made—I read a—I read a plaque. I didn't buy it because it cost too much. It was in a piece of cedar, and that plaque said, "Excuses are many, but reasons are few. Excuses are many, reasons are few. Seek the Lord." Get back in the house of God. Restore that unity that is missing. Through all these months of pandemic. Rest, restore it. in The weeks to come, Lord willing, we're going to be making moves to restore some of the ministries that we have stopped doing over the past nine, ten months here in this church. Because I believe it's just time. It's just time. If we keep waiting, we'll be waiting and waiting and waiting. And waiting. But I believe that it's time for whosoever will to renew and restore the houses of worship. Amen. Thank you for being here today. Is there anybody in this room right now that would raise your hand and say, Pastor, I need to renew my life. I backslid on God. Or maybe you're in this room and you need to, you would say, Pastor, I need to get saved. I need to give my heart and life to Jesus. Is there one person in this room today? Would say that. I would assume that by the lack of indication that everybody in this room is ready to meet Jesus, be praying, church. If you're watching by Facebook Live and you don't know Jesus, are you backsliding on Him? Pray, seek His face, ask Him. Read, read, read Romans chapter eight, nine, and ten. Some of my favorite, my favorite sections of Scripture. Read that. Surrender your heart and your life to Jesus. And let him restore you and heal you.